And welcome to episode 90 of the Talking Hockey Podcast. Ty's wearing his I'm, favorite shirt today. Yes, I am. I'm He's back. wearing a sonnet shirt. If back this goes on a clip, Ty, ever. I can't put you on a clip today because then you're kind of representing to, the company in a not good way. So yep. I might have to leave you out of all <sighs> clips today. But normally when Eric's not here, you talk the most. So that's going to be challenging. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Everyone, Eric's not here. Turn yourself down a bit, Luke. I can hear. I can hear everything. That's fine. Okay. What do you mean you can hear everything? I hear you moving around over there, bud. Oh, okay. Then I'll stop moving around. Um, I apologize. As the producer, I have to. I have to do some things while everyone talks. You you know. So you have to. You have to set an example for the rest of us. Yeah. So, if you move around, now. Well, that's because I'm at my mom's house. I'm. If you if we do post this video, I'm in a new location. Um, a bedroom. Wow, your bedroom? A, a girl's bedroom. Oh. Um, <laughs> the fact that you're at your mom's and you say you're at a girl's bedroom and whisper like that is not a good look. Yeah. I'm just gonna say that. <laughs> All right, maybe cut that part out. No, nope, uh, stay in there, Mister <laughs> Sonic Boy. Welcome back, everyone, to the Talking Hockey Podcast. It's your favorite. Producer Luke here to remind you to follow and subscribe on whatever streaming service you use. Leave a review on Apple. Visit our website, TalkingHockeyPodcast.com, and follow us on Instagram at TalkingHockey for daily content. Now, let's get into today's episode with your favorite group of guys, Luke, Eric, Ty, and Martin. Uh, what are we talking about today? Uh, we got There's, some bombshell news about the Arizona yeah. Coyotes about to be evicted oh, from true. their arena. Yeah, that came out about two or three two hours ago. Uh, another another bombshell piece in the Athletic by our girl Katie Strong, Katie Strang, yeah. Katie Strong. Katie Strang. Sorry, I don't mean if I mispronounce the last name. Uh, and we'll take it from there. Eric's not here. We didn't really uh, we he he didn't respond to our messages because he's a very busy guy. You know, mm-hmm. running a talking hockey page, head of sales. You know, oh it's yeah, a tough life. Such out a tough there. life for him. Um, yeah, he he really is a a good leader. He communicates very well. He manages us all very well. Um, exactly what you look for in a leader of everything um yeah so so what's happening with arizona coyotes they have delinquent bills and outstanding invoices if they're not paid by december 20th at 5 p.m they will be denied access to the arena so i i guess how is this still like an organization would be my first question i don't know how many times i've brought this up and how many times we bring up the arizona coyotes and you know another failed ownership situation this is just absolutely embarrassing for a professional funny. sports league. It's pretty funny that the ownership cannot afford to pay the arena bills. Are you yeah. kidding me? Move the mic closer to your face. Martin, I, every yeah, episode, Mike. I have to tell yourself to move the mic no, closer to your face. I, I find it hilarious. Move the mic closer to Does your that face. Does that make it more likely that the the rumors that they're moving to Houston are true? Yes. There you go. I, if you also looked at – okay, this is not surprising to say the least. Um, I think that when that report came out, maybe it was two or three weeks ago about the team being potentially up for sale, there was a guy in the Forbes Business Magazine 
or a reporter for mm-hmm. that that magazine who basically report who said it, and the NHL came out very quickly and said, no, this is untrue. We are committed to Arizona. You know, it was not true. Yeah. Right. That was just covering it up. And with this news that came out, the, the Arizona Coyotes, I think have dropped like 30 million in, in, in their value since this news came out. It doesn't make since sense. The news that they don't pay their bills or since yeah. they were moving yeah, yeah, to yeah, Houston. That's, well, okay. maybe that's something I was going to, I don't know if I, I just read it on Twitter. Um, it's it is an absolute embarrassment, yeah. and how many? I I ask this every time they come up in the news: is how many different owners are you going to go through? How many different, you know, failed attendance numbers and changing arenas and you know how many how many times are we going to go through this? Because it felt like it was just like two years ago where it was the same sort of thing where players there were reports that players weren't getting paid on time and shit like that's mm-hmm. how does that happen in a professional sports league and how does the NHL just continue to say all right this is okay what is the what is the goal here i i especially don't get it since gary bettman i understand works for the owners how are all 30 owners other than arizona okay with this continuing to happen like they i don't know how it works with escrow and all this stuff in terms of league revenue and everything but it seems like a very negative ad like it's it seems like they're propped up by the toronto maple leafs and new york rangers and every other team that makes money um, that they're kept in the league. I, I don't understand how this is like the fifth or sixth. Like they've had five or six like owner conversations, and they also seem to be one of the worst, most dysfunctional front offices. Maybe until uh, the new guy came in, but I mean, it, it really just doesn't add up. How Gary Bettman is so adamant about this team existing, about them continuing to exist, about not moving, not relocating. It seems to bring so much focus away from the on-ice product, which already sucks. Like they'll never be good with all these underlying external conditions that keep popping up. I I truly don't understand it. This is embarrassing. You're right, Ty. Like there's no really other way to put it for a league that like they already have the toxic work environment claims. They already have the moving. They already had like the uh, not Chikra, whatever his name was. It Chikra is that the name of GM? Chica, yeah, Chica. like everything about this this team is embarrassing. So Martin has some thoughts, and and they literally have nowhere to go. Like yeah, next year or the year after, they, they were already like, going to be evicted. <laughs> yeah, I, and I mean, if you're if you are now, where where was the where they were rumored to go to another suburb like Tempe, Arizona, right? Tempe, yeah, but that's if three you are, years of yeah. Or, if you are Tempe right now and you say you look at this situation <laughs> and you're going to need to build an NHL facility most likely, right? Yep. And you know these owners love to to try to get as much taxpayer money as they can. Are you really going to as Tempe Arizona as a resident there or as a, you know, a city council there, are you really going to approve this where the team is not the team is not able to pay their damn bills it's not it's it's not a functional environment and it's not and, a growing environment and before te- uh tempe's uh built they have to find somewhere temporary and i've heard it could be like multiple locations so like the sun devils arena or something and uh where their like ahl team plays and one other spot will be like the three it's potential they rotate between three and that's like well do any of those locations want them because they could bail out on bane 
Yeah. Yeah. This it's a bankrupt good. franchise and no matter who they put in place there it it's a it's a lost cause at this point. How does like really what is the what is the NHL's goal here? What are they trying to do? Like it's time to move on. People have been saying this for a decade and it's like it, it's one of those things I think where they just don't want to cut their losses and move on. They want to do everything they can to make it work and I don't know how many times the NHL is you know, is is trying to implement a new idea or or something, new ownership group. Yeah. To and, yeah. and just basically paying all their bills, right? I mean, I think you'd probably have a lot of players that would be okay to play with in Houston too. I I understand not wanting to go to Quebec because then you have the whole French thing again, and probably a lot of the culture is pro- even worse in Montreal. Um, in terms of the expectation that everyone speaks French, I but like Houston's a a great city. There's no income tax. I don't know if that's the same in Arizona, but like it seems like a hub of great things. There's football there. They already have the MLS. They already have. A, I mean, they have the Dallas Stars, but Dallas and Houston, I don't think are super close to each other. Um, it doesn't seem you wouldn't have to move conferences that way. The only thing that would really have to be shifted is everyone's lives that works for the team. But at the same time, it seems like it'd be a much better place. Arizona doesn't have any stars on their team right now, anyways. Like they have nothing marketable about them. So the fact that they have all this stuff externally doesn't really help their case either because their on ice product isn't going to save them. Trash. And and has Arizona. Or Phoenix, the entire franchise's existence. Has there ever been like a competitive period of time? I think like 2010, they made the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, I think that's the furthest they've so. gone. Yeah, the, the, the or somewhere period. around 20 in the 2010s. It's it's absurd that it's just an absolute failure. And cut your losses and move on is my advice. And it's yeah. been my advice for the past five years at least. And you're right. Yeah. Houston's a potential spot. Um, if there were another ownership group in place that's ready to take it on, I think the NHL would have sold them. But is anyone in the market for an NHL team right now? I don't know. Because oh, think about it. I mean, there was rumors that they were going to get bought and moved to Houston, right? Like that was the yeah. There's rumors, but I mean, is that solidified? Is there an NHL facility in Houston? Is there an ownership so. group ready to buy them? I don't. I, that's that's an important I consideration. Think they have an you have arena. To make. I think they have an arena. It's probably not. I think the Houston's best, one of the spots with an with an arena. I think that is correct. I think they're. I've heard that. I, well, I mean, there's Quebec's, only like three cities. Quebec City's ready for it as well. Is all that I'm trying to say. Like you could, mm-hmm. and I think that you very easily could get an ownership group ready for, to move to Quebec city. Cause they have that, uh, the, the arena, I don't remember what it's called off the top of my head, but that was set up to be NHL ready. I think it was within the past year or two, right. There was a group in place who was trying to renovate that building or to, to NHL standards. So that's ready to go. It would be great yeah. as a Canadian hockey fan living in Canada for that to come back. Luke, Luke is right though. Quebec would be even worse. Quebec City would be even worse than Montreal because at least Montreal has a huge English-speaking population. Quebec City mm-hmm. is supposed to be like 
fully French. Um, yeah, it is. I've been there before. It's yeah. less less English speaking than Montreal, but Definitely. there are people who speak English. Yeah, but well, what sure. I'm saying is you'd have to restructure the whole front office be around that. You'd have to get a new head coach because of that. You'd have to shift the divisions and conferences a little bit because of that. Like maybe Detroit goes back to the West. I'm not sure. Um, then you'd have to all like Quebec's cold man. Like a well, lot sure. of the players, I think would be okay relocating to Houston. I don't think they'd be okay re- relocating to Quebec. Like you'd have a whole the, conversation are there, there. Are there players who want to play in Winnipeg and Edmonton? Because I think those places are colder. That's I'll true, be honest they, with you. I've been to Quebec City. There's a lot more to do in Quebec City than Winnipeg. Quebec it's is very great, pretty. It's a very pretty city and very. There's lots That's of history nice. there, and uh, nice. yeah, it's it's a very nice place. I, I think there's a lot of worse places you could be. Um, and I don't know. I I think that Quebec City is not a. There's no. I don't see the NHL expanding anytime soon. I think 32 teams is more than enough for this league. Yeah. Quebec City was always a potential for relocation, much more so than you know expansion, which is why Seattle got theirs, and Vegas got theirs because those were like expansion ready places. Quebec City has always been more so like a relocation, in my eyes at least, and in smarter yeah. people's eyes in business that, heard, that's I, been the relocation spot i've heard on the dl that uh melnick is shopping around ottawa too oh i saw that too i, saw I, that I don't think ottawa would ever move no i don't think ottawa just a new ownership move. like they're, they're, just you just got a new ownership and who's not a cheap ass Which, like has to yeah. happen but for success uh, by the way i'm looking at it right now um Phoenix was last competitive tw- 2009 to 2012. Last time they made the playoffs, I think it was 2012. Yeah. 2011, 2012, they came third in the West, first in the Pacific. That's when they lost in the conference finals. That's absurd. Like, how do you... Like, and, like, that's their only good time. Actually, like, technically, they, they made the, technically, they made the playoffs in the bubble, I think. Yeah, but they, they got their ass whooped, I think, by somebody. Shh. Yeah, and the bubble doesn't count. No, it doesn't count. It says round one loss, but uh, technically it's like a DNQ, I think. Um, No, they might have won actually. Yeah, they might beat somebody. I don't think so. In the bubble, but the bubble was weird. The bubble was weird. I don't know. They were in the bubble. Yeah, they were, but like again, weird. Uh, Before that, they were competitive, like the end of the nineties, which is when they they just existed. Yeah. Right. Well, they uh, started in 1979. So bad. I'm looking at it right now. Holy well, that's boy. what they plan to do. I mean, they could be good in the next four or five years, as long as they don't keep doing, they keep losing draft picks. Um, that definitely hampered the team. Um, yeah. It's it's absurd, and the only good thing to come out of Arizona is Austin Matthews. You yeah. know, since their existence. Um, you, you don't think he wants to go back there? Yeah, exactly. That's what I was gonna say. Like, th- this is—it's so foolish to everybody who's like, "Oh, oh uh, who, who thinks that Austin Matthews is leaving the Leafs as soon as his contract's up? He's going to Arizona. Are you stupid? Do you think he really wants to? He's not going to get paid. Sure, they can offer him a fifteen million dollar contract in theory. Sure, but is he ever going to see that? I don't know. They can't pay their tax bills. They can't pay their arena bills. Yeah. Well, maybe in four. Man, if Austin Matthews went back there, though, local sponsorship at the Wazoo, he would, he would, he would be, he'd probably attract 
more maybe maybe not sellout crowds, but more than what they have ever had. I always wonder when the last Arizona. He's a way bigger talent than anyone was. they've ever had. Well, I mean, also look at Florida though. Like, like the Florida Panthers find ways. I've never heard of the Florida Panthers having financial trouble, but I think that their attendance might even be lower I think than that Arizona's. Guy's real rich. What did you say? Sure. Oh, that guy's rich. The owner. Yeah, he. I think yeah. he is. You're right. That owner's but, like super rich. But he's a buddy they, of Trump. I'm pretty sure. They they make it work, and they have a competitive team, and they've made a com- really competitive team, and they have a good ownership group in place and good front office. You know, it it can. But work they have out. no worry about the arena either, though. Like, I don't which is, the, the arena should be like the last of your concerns. The <laughs> if you're running a business, if you're running a sorry, running a NHL franchise, how are you not paying for the facilities? <laughs> I, that's that just boggles my mind. Yeah, it's a little ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, and Vincent think, Viola is the team owner yeah, of Florida. Yeah, you're right. He is a buddy of Trump. I've heard of him before. Yeah, because uh, he was only- uh, says here he was several weeks for several weeks President Donald Trump's nominee for sec- Secretary of the Army. Yeah, and then he rejected it. Yeah, because he withdrew like, from that. consideration. How's this guy worth three point nine billion dollars? What did he do? He's he's running a successful NHL franchise right now, right? And I just Eric had all his stories today about how much the NHL owners are making and how much of the Ascaro's fucking the players, not the Ascaro, yeah. but like the cap restraints and stuff. Like, I really don't understand that part of the business, but I know that players are getting screwed over. It's because basically, Mister Bettman. Basically, how I understand it from Eric's stories is you can make it look like. Um, an NHL or any sports team really is making no money because its biggest assets, its players are all depreciating assets. And technically, even though you're like making money each year, you can like net it out to zero based on how you write it down, like in your profit and losses and stuff. How I, how I interpret it. I'm sure there's a lot of financial manipulation, accounting manipulation. Oh, for there. sure. Like, that's the that's the For biggest sure. thing that people do at the like the be- biggest thing people do is companies will allow their executives, senior financial executives, to go to like EY, Deloitte, or whatever, affect policy on accounting and financial law, and then go back to the companies that they worked for and get huge bonuses because they've changed the way that their company is allowed to do finances. I got, I read a whole article about it once about how that's like a, a prominent thing that huge financial executives execs do about manipulating policy and, and things of that nature to make money and then go back and get a huge bonus after they've done it. It's crazy, man. Crazy what they do. Um, okay. We've been talking about Arizona for 19 minutes now. Uh, the only other thing that I think really happened that was big was one the Trevor Zegras assist, assist that was pretty nasty, and then the Department of Player Safety just being a complete joke over the last week in terms of what they gave out suspensions for and not suspensions for, and the weight of those suspensions and not. So, I mean, I'll like I'll get Ty go first on that one. Ty, what are he, your thoughts? He saw my blood boiling. And now we'll be back after a word from our sponsors. And now we'll get back into the show. 
George Perros um, did, or I did. No, you did. Yeah, I did. You could see you, you could see it coming. I mean, you're most of the time visibly upset about something. It could be something minor <laughs> too. But yes, I did know that you're you're on the edge about this. Okay, I think what I'll start off with is what Jason Spezza got suspended for six games, which is the longest regular season suspension I think you said in the last two years. Yeah. Other than Nazem Kadri. Other than Kadri. Well, Kadri was in the playoffs. Was that really the most malicious thing you, you've ever seen? It was retaliatory, sure. Neil Pionk was fine. He was put in concussion protocol afterwards, but I mean, he finished the game. He was fine afterwards. Was not in concussion protocol for two days. And right before Spetz's hearing, the Jets announced he was in concussion protocol. I, just saying. I do think it was a bad play. Like it was a bad play. A, it's not a uh, it a good hockey play. It was no. pure retaliation. Yes. But and it could be worse. It, how Martin? How did it get there? Because that's like a big plastic thing going into the side of some dude's face pretty quick. Neil right? Pionk, that was all knee pad. Well, I guess it wasn't face, but. Spetsa didn't know what he was going to hit. Let's say, if Pionk didn't fallen over too, if Pionk didn't fall down, that would have been a clean hit, or yeah. wasn't on his knees. I think even the NHL yeah. player safety said that. That should yes. have been taken into way more consideration than it was. They called it kneeing. How is that kneeing? Like everyone's okay. There were a lot of Leafs fans before we get into this more saying that you should intentionally injure these people. A lot of people may be sick to my stomach about the way that they were calling for people's head and they think they're so high and mighty a lot of these Leaf fans most of the time and then all of a sudden they're calling for people to get like recklessly injured and, and targeted. I Man, like Jason Spezza, Pionk's falling in the most awkward position and I know that it's not comparable to the Tavares situation because that was very incident or non-incidental contact because Perry obviously wasn't trying to take off Tavares' head. But I mean like to, like Spezza wasn't t- trying to take off Pionk's head. He was trying to do shoulder to body hit and he probably could have reacted in time maybe. But again, it's a one second game. Like it, if you let up like that, then it, it just didn't make sense that this guy was falling. It's not kneeing because the guy fell and Jason Spezza's knee hit the guy's head. Like that's not what was supposed to happen if Pionk is upright and sure he's in a defenseless position, all that stuff. But I mean, I, that was not taken into consideration at all. And then again, as you mentioned, how do we get to that spot is the officiating was brutal. Like the officiating, not doing their job, giving Matthews a penalty for doing nothing to Pierre-Luc Dubois right in front of the ref, letting that go for as long as it did. Then Pionk knees Sandine. Sandine's clearly injured. And then Pionk doesn't even get a penalty. And then Spezza doesn't even get a penalty on that play either. Like Spezza doesn't get a penalty on that play. Everything about that game was mismanaged by the refs to be in that position at all. And they should have taken way more accountability for that. Being like, they should have yeah. put out a letter being like, you know what? We really fucked up this game, whatever. Spezza still gets six. Like, I don't know. That would have made me feel a lot better if they were like, we messed up a lot in I this feel game. Like but the NHL will never do that. Spezza not getting kicked out had something to do with the sixth game. I, I feel like it was so. going to be five. No, 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 no. no. The, it, Martin, it, it, it is absurd to me when you watch that officiating in that game. The ref is watching Matthews get whatever Pierre-Luc Dubois was doing and mounting him, pushing it, grabbing onto his jersey. <laughs> 
they called that both roughing, which is crazy to me because the Leafs had a rush chance just a few seconds prior to that. Apparently, it was roughing in his eyes for both teams, so the play should have been blown dead a long time before that. But it was going on, whatever. And basically, I think Matthews got a penalty because he wasn't fighting back. That makes sense. Like that the ref was watching sense. it. I know that's the ref was watching it and Matthews didn't fight back. The ref was upset with that, I guess. Um, and then like, like it, yeah. and, but, but who, who knows? Maybe they did discipline those refs. But I don't think the NHL they would did. really ever say. They, if there they was did. no way they did. This Brad, is why. Because the they should will... start implementing fines for refs that fuck up hard. Cause like. I don't think I will, get it. Though, There's man. like a, a degree of error, but like sometimes refs are just awful. Man, they won't do it. The NHL never. They don't do what they're and, supposed to and do. And I think the ever. teams, the teams and players and coaches need to go against these stupid, like trying to gag order on them for did, commenting on refs and stuff. And did, I think they, the teams should just continue to do it. Continue but, to fucking call it the rest. Take but, these fines, and the NHL might get a uh, get a clue because it is the teams and players. But and the, coaches the money that goes back. The, most. the money goes to the league. Why the why, the league would not care? They'd be like, keep talking shit. No, didn't you also see that thing from? Or just uh, stop paying the fines. Like, from, see what happens then. Because well, yeah, sure. Do get then you'll be written about that you're that you're you can't pay your bills. <laughs> well, Luke, didn't you see? I think somebody shared it. Wasn't one of the agents who. Uh, Alan Walsh or whatever his name is didn't didn't he post like some memo that the NHL sent out about yeah. people criticizing refs and the NHL's yeah. like stop it immediately. Yeah, but this and that happens. came out right after Rod Brindamore got his fifty k yeah. fine or twenty five k fine. Twenty five huge yeah. fine for I for it wasn't that bad. I like what he I said. Know. I haven't seen her or anything. Well, well he looks pretty like, angry. Yeah, like he did look like very very upset. And Rod Vanderbor yeah. is a passionate he's guy. He's a pretty animated guy. Yeah, but like, are are we are we joking here? Are these guys too too sensitive to do their job now? <laughs> like, I don't I don't know. Like, this is why we had that conversation. I forget when it was, but way back about NHL officiating needing to make their when a game goes like that, make them available to answer media questions after a game. Why'd you do what, that? Like, why'd what you that difference decision? is it going to make? Is my Ty, point. What, what's what's the difference between a fine, uh, rather ref? It, it's public accountability. What are you talking about? Your logic never makes sense on this. Because Your logic doesn't make sense on most things, but on this, it what, really what, doesn't make. What sense. are they going to do? The me- they make them available. <laughs> why didn't you call that? I didn't think it was a penalty. And that's not a good answer. Or I didn't see it. Or I didn't see it. That that that, that puts them in a position to own up to their mistake and look like a bigger idiot than they already are. Did you ever see – okay. Did you ever see Wait, the MLB there, there is For Can I just go first? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. There is the problem that we're having an issue getting refs, getting NHL quality refs just in well, general. Well, clearly the ones that are in the NHL aren't quality either. So – but like what's the answer then? Like if, if the job becomes too – because I, I would bet this job is pretty strenuous. There's no way would, to ever I, put, call a perfect game. No, I don't yes. think there ever is. Exactly, and you're no going to get asking for people a hating game. on you. No. no one is asking for a perfect game. People are but asking for shit under, like that to not happen. Fucking, 
I wouldn't want media asking me questions. They ask some dumbass questions sometimes, and they're pretty fucking. Doesn't matter. Players have to own up. Coaches have to own up. GMs have to own up to it. You think Jim Benning wants to go out there when he's about to get fired, knowing he was in bad position, that he wants to go out there and answer questions to the public? But no again, one gives a shit. It's your job. Then uh, the ref also isn't supposed to be uh, uh, like the show. Like the they're also supposed to do their job. I don't care. They're not the show. They're, no yeah. one's saying they're the show. You're, they're, you're just going out on a bad game then. to go to – yes, on a game like that where everyone's livid, that's probably going to get more views than the coaching. Yes. Unless the coach has outlandish stuff about the refing and makes a sound by like John, John Tortorella would, <laughs> then that, that media availability with the ref explaining their thought process would 100% be more viewed than the coach or the players but without what- a doubt. What difference is it going to make from a game to game standpoint? They're still going to miss calls. It's Who not cares? about tie. It's not about missing the average call. It's about missing a the, knee on that. About explaining I, the logic about why Matthews got a penalty, Spezza didn't get a penalty, uh, Pionk didn't get a penalty. I. It's not. I a, agree. It's not a game to game thing. It's literally selecting them on a game that clearly went to shit with lots of fights, lots of misconducts. Being like, what was your thought process behind this? Yes. It's not like, oh, you missed a trip in the third period at two minutes with uh, uh, with Matthews well, coming down the wing. No one cares that about that. To the NHL, like they the should like be, that. they should be doing it like privately after the game. Yeah, I think is hopefully a way no, better way to do it to approach this. No, it's it's not going to. I know make, the like the NBA does that. Like they, they do their last two minutes. You would one hundred percent need a public accountability. And the refing in the NBA is still bad. Even with yeah. that that last two it's minute not, report, it's not public though. I think, but now yes, it is. Yeah, it the is. last two minute report is public. Didn't they kind of oh. stop that? I haven't seen many of those recently. No, I I don't know. Ty. I I think your logic is so far off on this one. Like I don't uh, even think it is. begins to touch the relevancy of I think what we're talking about what people. Want. I think what uh, they talked about on Thirty Two Thoughts today was a good point. Like the ref should have like taken more control of that game um you call a penalty on pionk you call a penalty on pionk i doubt that happens yeah the rest of the game doesn't happen yes exactly and you need that's what you want them to answer to that's what deserves to be answered yeah refs don't like doing that they might quit (laughs) who cares man i mean they are unionized but so is is the nhlpa you ought to care a little because they're <laughs> well, you should bring up AHL and... refs. I don't know. Like the only other but, solution is tell them to call the damn rule book, which they don't do, and then players adjust, the which we've been talking about for a while. Probably be worse potentially because they can't even keep up with play. Because I know NHL refs have to be like super fit. Yeah, I think it's also it's yeah. also crazy how fast the NHL game moves. Yeah, watching it Some live NHL up close. Game like motherfuckers. Like I understand there's human error involved, but I just <clears> think <throat> when games go like that. It's not even every night that games happen like that, but there needs to be accountability for the refs and it needs to be public accountability. So what I think is absurd is that Spezza got six games. Yes. Like it is insane to me. And you want to know the NHL, he's going to appeal the suspension. I think that was announced earlier today, officially. The NHL literally gave him a defense because they only find Ian Cole for his, uh, his knee on Mark Shifley the other day. They literally yeah. gave him a new argument. Spets has never been suspended in his career. I don't think so, at least. 
Nope. Uh, I think Ian Cole has. Yeah. yeah, Ian Cole, I think, has. And Ian Cole just need another player on the Jets of all teams and got a $5,000 fine. It's Literally like insane. not consistent. And what I like when I like the days when they would call things or they would suspend people fairly. I think I make I, I tell the story all the time when Brendan Shanahan was the head of Department of Player Safety. He was suspending everybody left, right and center. The owners got mad. So then it stopped because players kept getting suspended, which was which was fair. There was a lot of dirty hits. There's a lot of dirty things that happen on a game to game basis. And Brendan Shanahan, when he took control of player safety, suspended players for it. Rightfully so. There's only been one other player I've seen get called, I would say, fairly. And that's Nazem Kadri, right? Every suspension that Kadri's gotten, you, you can't, you, it, they've been harsh penalties, sure. But, but tough to disagree but tough with. And tough to disagree <laughs> with. And I think if it was any player who, you know, cross-checked Jake DeBrusque or made that hit on Justin Falk, they probably would have gotten two or three games less than Nazem Kadri did probably. In, in his playoff suspensions. Possibly. Possibly. And it's absurd to me that he's kind of the only guy that that's... The, the funny thing is do. player safety goes both ways. They don't suspend enough. They suspend bets it too long. Yeah. They do... They do. <laughs> It's like too long, they're too short. They're inconsistent about everything. So at least everything. they're consistent about that. <laughs> Brad Marchand gets three games for slew foot. P.K. Subban's on his fifth slew foot of the year. Gets a to- nothing for the last one. Yeah. Jacob Trupa lays out Jujar Kara yesterday and clear contact to the head, but because he went through the body, but the principal point is of contact was the head. Is that yeah. what he was in the hospital for? Yeah, yeah and he got knocked. He got it was released. a huge hit. Like he was he unconscious before he hit the heist. And then Jacob Truba didn't. He like he got no games, no no supplemental discipline. And he for, just hit, he just hit McKinnon today, like really hard, like kind of similarly. I mean, it was like a it was like a Dion Phaneuf classic hit, but I don't know. I don't think it was like dirty, but I think it should have been suspendable for like one or two games because. Hey. He did drive to the body, but I have Truba in fantasy, and I don't yep. care. <laughs> oh well, now you're selfish. I just like man, like all four decisions in the last two days or whatever or week don't make any sense, and that's the thing with the player safety is what the hell is going on? Like, what is going on? What are you doing, George Peros? You suck. Violent gentleman. Everyone brings up the name of his like clothing line, the Violent Gentleman, or something like that to be like this is guy should not be leading player safety people were thinking that because colt nor ended george paris's career that he has something against the leafs so that might be something but <laughs> well like i think what this is showing is that um like just because you were a fighter in the nhl and you, you probably ran into player safety every now and then doesn't mean you're, you're a good at running the department now in george paris's case i think that's what he's proven yeah. Um, was there anything else that happened this, this Trevor Zegers' goal or assist? That was pretty nasty. That was pretty it cool. It was nasty. Yeah. It was um, being shared by like NH, uh, by Hollywood actors on their uh, Instagrams I saw. Well, cool. That's the only reason why someone would tune into an Anaheim Ducks versus Buffalo Sabres game, I think. Because of a assist like that? Because of Trevor Zegers, yeah. Yeah. 
Well, what about Troy Terry? Eager's pretty good. That's true. Good. Trevor Zegers is going to be good. Well, yeah. I think that right now, uh, here's my here's my pro scouting report on Trevor Zegers. Um, he makes a lot of flashy plays. Like there was that game against the Leafs he played uh, that I was watching. I think it was two weekends ago. Now he was making a whole bunch of flashy plays, but it just ended up in like low danger chances. So keep it up, but get to better scoring areas if that makes sense. That's my that's my pro scouting report. Yeah, you can talk about the firings, idiot. Jim Benning, <laughs> Travis Green, oh, yeah. Alan. Oh yeah, we didn't talk about that. Well, I thought we talked about that, but I guess that did happen the last week. Yeah. Good point. That happened over the I think week, it was though. I think it's more so because like this should have happened such a long time ago. Yeah. That I, I thought it happened so long ago. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I so, love the hiring of Bruce Brudreau. That was thank God this guy's back in the was, league. I love him. What, Wait, what did Aliu ever explain his tweet that one of you guys sent? No, that made no sense. The only person he could have been calling an old dinosaur that we need to get new eyes or whatever into the game would be Bruce Boudreaux. Or did he see the stuff about the Quinville shit? Because that kind of pissed me the fuck off. That I don't think. I mean, maybe he did, but like, I think he was talking. I honestly think he was talking about Bruce Boudreaux. Contextually, for everyone. That doesn't know it was that teams are contacting the NHL saying how long is Quinville not? No, 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 no. there was no, no, no proof no, no. of that. There was a hypothetical. He tweeted, yeah. "What's the odds oh, that a team okay. has called the okay. NHL and said, you know, true, 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 true. is Quinville is Quinville no suspension? I hope no one's done that. That would be. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked be uh, if yes. someone's done that. But uh, oh yeah, so so Jim Benning fired man. The way they handled that from a PR perspective was brutal. The fact that anyone knew Bruce Boudreaux was hired before Travis Green had been officially let go and before Jim Benning was officially let go is terrible mismanagement of communication. Like yeah. That imagine like maybe if you're if you're Travis Green and you haven't even heard that and you're like, "Wait, Bruce Boudreaux is the new head coach of the Vancouver Canucks." Is that true? Is that what happened? Well, I don't know. It, it hit Twitter. Like Twitter knew that Bruce Boudreaux was a new coach before. I assume it knew. I what, assume that Travis Green knew that he was let go. He was let go. What I what I'm assuming there is they didn't feel like they needed to say Green out and. It just said Boudreaux Bruce Boudreaux. Boudreaux. Elliot tweeted. Boudreaux yeah, but he tweet, Elliot tweeted that Boudreaux is a new like coach Green's of the Canucks. Yeah. <laughs> I know, but normally, like, there's an official. Yeah, this is announcement true. from. The, the team, team that the coach is out and then it's like there's no one even in the spot yet and they're gonna do a look but and then then the it, word came out that it was ownership's high or it wasn't management's hire it was ownership's and then everyone's like okay maybe jim benning's gone too but it was only like an hour and a half later that people even knew that jim benning had been fired it wasn't like immediate either which thank god i mean the guy looked like a nervous wreck in his last press conference I, I, it's absurd to me how far back the Canucks have fallen and how far back like Elias Pettersson has been, has gone since his, you know, dominant rookie start where he looked like he was going to be a superstar in the league. And now he's, who knows what he is. Um, And it's about I think time. he'll I find mean, it again under Boudreaux. I, I mean, how, uh, it, this, this is all on the GM, Jim Benning, like, and, and ownership because, how many years of failure are you just going to take? Like, 
if this was any other team and you're Jim Benning and you're hired in 2014 and you make the team worse than it was when they were, you know, at their absolute worst, at their absolute lowest point, it, uh, how do you just keep on continuing with that and giving him, giving him an extension in the, in the off season? I mean, what did he do to even deserve that? Mm-hmm. What, like, like literally no. what? He drafted exactly. well in the first round, I think. That's about it. Not even. Exactly. Like everything else he's done has made this team awful. <laughs> like it's just so bad. It's it's mind-boggling. Like I can't point to one thing and it's been like, wow, that was a sick move. Like the JT Miller is probably his best move, but like everyone else has said, it was early. It was an early move. Like you did it way too soon in your team development. Um but yeah, he's it, it, and Travis he Green was not a good enough. coach either. I mean, I've I've he made some boneheaded decisions, but he's hampered by the team he's given. I would say, because like think of the big contracts that he gave out: Tucker Pullman, Jay Beagle, Louis Erickson. Who else was it? That was just crazy. Um, Myers, Tyler Myers, um, trading for the Ackman Larson contract. Yep. I mean, they traded all those bad contracts. Antoine Roussel was another one. They traded all those contracts for that had one year left for was it five years of Ekman Larson? Yeah. <laughs> and that this team was like right up to the cap, and their depth is trash, right? They I really mean, they have the yeah. they have the they have the foundational pieces. I'd say you have Pedersen who can show he's a number one center. You have Demko who showed he can be a starting goalie. You have Quinn Hughes, who can show he's at least an offensive defenseman who can maybe pick up his defensive game a little bit more if he can figure that out. Then, you know, you have your 1D, 1C, and number 1G. Besser, Besser's like a 20-goal scorer at least, guaranteed. Like, yeah. I don't know, based on injuries, if he's much more than Bo that. Horvat but. they got. They don't have like a They obviously have JT core. Miller. And JT Miller's a huge trade piece, I would say. They need to yeah. pull that trigger because that guy's then, sick, and they do not need him. Uh, he, yeah, yeah, he. Every time I've watched him, he's just made some terrible play, some terrible turnover. So, I would say but that's he, not. A I loss. think that's partially because he is forced to be like a first ra- uh, first line guy for that team, and I don't think he is a first line guy. He's a pretty good second guy second line guy so yeah travis um, green apparently is in the potential rumored for the new the philadelphia flyers coaching vacancy that should which that would be make sense. shocking yeah that's uh, i think the flyers bad. is also not a surprise because of how bad they were last year last year i think they were mostly bad because of carter hart just being mm-hmm. not knowing how to stop a puck this year carter hart's yeah. picked it up but um someone who's taken a huge step back is Provorov. I don't know how, uh, if Scout Eric was here, he would have told probably. That's three years in a row, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. <laughs> Provorov had, two I think he had a really, really good year where he looked like he was a number one foundational piece on defense. And now is, who knows? They made mm-hmm. that trade for Rasmus Ristolainen. and I think he's put up really bad stats, still continue to do so. Ryan Ellis hasn't played, who was their big offseason acquisition. Drew is old, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of people thought the Flyers so were going to be good this year. I don't think I was one of them, but 
some yeah, we people go back to that episode that we uh yeah recorded we predicted. where we predicted because i don't remember what i said about the flyers i, yeah, I don't either. think i should have liked them <laughs> i think we had them as like a fringe team all of us so yeah. i'm looking at um i'm following the i was just on twitter and i'm looking at the phoenix thing right now craig morgan who's the guy that's reporting along katie string said that the glendale city manager says that i think it is likely that for us to move forward, we're going to need assurances that they're not going to just rack up a huge bill and then walk out the door in, Ju- in June, owing the city a, l- a lot of money. So they're <laughs> they're like doing this now. So they're like, you better pay because June's coming up where you're already going to be out, and you, you must already have. That's like, a lot harder to get money from. Yeah. What are they going to do? Let's say they don't pay. <laughs> and I just saw Eric shared a story. It's two hundred and fifty thousand dollars in delinquent bills. To put that into perspective. The minimum NHL salary is what seven hundred and fifty thousand these days. Don't know. Yeah, uh, to, yeah. For to, a player, the minimum minimum player salary seven fifty k. I think somewhere around there. I think I think it's either that or in the eight hundreds or something. Yeah, and they can't pay their two hundred and fifty thousand dollar tax and arena bill. What do yeah, they I'd do? I'd be worried about getting paid. As what a would happen? There. Yeah, what would happen if by December twentieth they don't pay their bills? Where do they play? Where do they go? The team just folds. I think they would fold. They'd like forfeit the season. Maybe they'd play like a local community rink. They'd probably sell it out that for sure. And play it for a thousand, yeah. a thousand seats. Yeah, play at Canlan Ice Sports. You know what I mean? Like that's basically what would be going on here. Yeah, they play where the, sure where the house like league teams play. Or something. You're sure? You think, about, you think so? We're talking about the Arizona know. Coyotes here. <laughs> because I, then, no, I mean the NHL has a contingency or something. Are you, like, you sure about that? I mean, this—I don't think this has ever all happened away before. Games for the rest, yeah, yeah, literally, that's what it's going to have to be. Yeah, they go to they go to uh, Dallas well, or where would be the closest place Anaheim for a home game? Their next, uh, I think Vegas is maybe closer. I think Vegas but, is uh, pretty close. That's why that they're pretty pissed they're not in the Pacific because. They're like right next to Vegas. Yeah. I think that uh, that's crazy. Like I think the the next – looking at the calendar, the next Arizona Coyotes home game would be December 23rd. So if they're locked out on December 20th, how are you going to have a contingency in place for December 23rd is my question. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Sorry, I, sorry. I bet was, they would make it an away game. They would make it at, at Tampa but or something. Think of think of how crazy that is, though. Like, because that, that's like, a good punishment for them. Tampa, well, sure, but it's also bad for Tampa because they're probably on a West Coast road trip at that point in time, right? Mm-hmm. Hopefully, on their way back. <laughs> yeah, on their way back, sure. But I mean, that's that's crazy. It's absurd. Yeah. Yes. Maybe um, they handle it like COVID protocol pushing, and I don't know. Actually, like, even think, then, think it's probably it. not like, possible. Like most arenas out there are booked every every day for concerts and maybe there's other venues going or other oh, events yeah. going on there, Tampa right? Like Bay's might be booked. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like there could be a concert going on the twenty third, <laughs> right? What do you do then? Cause because the team also can't pay anybody. Yeah. <laughs> <to host them. laughs> oh, it's bad. Oh, it's bad. That's an embarrassment. Anyway, yeah. anyone else have any final thoughts for today? Uh, what do you think about the? We didn't really talk about Bruce Brujo's hire too much. I, I like how we looped back to Arizona. Somehow. I know. Sorry, I was reading a tweet. <laughs> uh, we didn't really talk too much about Bruce Boudreau. Uh, uh, like I think he's a good hire. Who do we think is going to fill the 
Do you like the Bruce Boudreaux hire? And who do you think is going to be the Philadelphia Flyers new head coach? I think Bruce Boudreaux is a great coach. Like I've always, I think that's been very well known. Of, Why isn't he coached in so long? Uh, I think he's okay. an old dinosaur, man. What well, are you I mean, maybe there Where was teams, his last coaching Minnesota. He was head Soda? coach. He was fired, but that was when Minnesota was kind of like he he kept Minnesota afloat. Yes, right? while they were in their middling mm. years. Well, I mean, they've always kind of been in their middling years, but like he he made them, he bumped them up a lot, right? Like with his coaching and strategies and whatnot. I think he's a great hire for any team, and if the Leafs, you know, were going to move on from Sheldon Keefe, who I also think is a good coach, Bruce Boudreau was like number one on my list. In fact. I think there was a point in time last summer, uh, like summer 2020, where you know he was rumored to be a, a assistant coach candidate for the mm-hmm. Leafs, and he yeah. was. Yeah, and he, again, I think. Yeah, because they, they hired. Uh, they hired so, yeah, Dave Haxel got taken away. Yeah, so, but yeah. So they they were going to hire. Uh, he was like, he, of course, he would want to be a head coach, but he basically told he, he he's been saying for so long how much he's a Leafs fan, and he was like, I would uh, I would be the assistant coach on very few teams probably only the Leafs is basically what he was saying, right? And uh, I wonder if they ever did make the call. I wonder, like, I wonder if Dubas ever would be, tried to... I think that the power dynamics there would not yeah. be good because of how, you know, Boudreaux is a, is a, has been a coach for decades and, you know, was a head coach for so long. And I, I, I don't think it would have worked out very well. No, I don't think so either. So I think they made the right call by not hiring him. But let's say that the Leafs, when in the beginning of the season, when they were struggling, if they decided to, you know, make a make a change at coach. I mean, looking at it right now, it's a good thing they didn't. But Bruce Brujo would have been number one on my list easily. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the Vancouver Canucks made a good hire there. I think that Claude Julian is, you know, he's also a good coach. I'd say, mm-hmm. and if you're looking at the Flyers, I think that they're going to stick with Mike Yu- Yao. Sorry, yeah, Mike Yo, Mike Yo, that's right. Um, as their coach for a little bit, I think that's what Elliot was kind of reporting that maybe they'll stick with him as intern for a period of time because he Another also year. has coached. Yeah, he also has coached uh, uh, Minnesota. Minnesota. He also coached St. Louis, right? He coached St. Uh, Louis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. he's been a he's been a head coach for a period of time, and they'll probably give that a try for a bit. I think Vigneault has was is not a good coach but if you're gonna i think that a, a good a good coach for that team would probably be claude julian easily because i still mm-hmm. think he's a really good coach yeah i would agree but this now opens a spot for elaine Vigneault to go to montreal he's never been the montreal head coach has he or was he at some point fact check i don't think he has i don't think um, so <clears throat> i i also think that that montreal is fine in their position right now i think that they're very clearly on the track of we're not making, we're not doing anything this year. Um, you know, uh, yeah. they'll, they'll keep Ducharme there at home for at least the end of the season and probably fire him and start again. That's how I see it happening at least. Oh, he was a, sense. as soon as soon as the GM comes in, like, yeah, he'll want to, which is probably oh, going to be probably going to be end of the season. Right. I think that they, they clean house at the end of the se- end of the year. Start fresh, new GM, new coach to start the new year. I was I right. Vigneault that. has been the coach of the Montreal Canadiens. Oh, he has. He has. In 1967, 1996-1967, Vigneault began his second stint in the NHL and his, and his first as a head coach with the Montreal Canadiens. So it looks like he was there for like four years. I, I, I thought years. he had been, but 
When? I was, like late nineties. Ninety six, ninety seven. He said. So I think that I think that Claude Julien also coached Montreal like two times, and Terry and coached them like two times. Two times. Yeah. I think Claude Julien only did it once. Okay. Both those people. No, Claude 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 Julien was there twice. He was. Man, he could go back yeah, a third time for sure. He was the coach that was the Montreal Canadiens coach while we were growing up. Yep. Early two thousands. Oh. So yeah, Vigneault, Vigneault was there from ninety seven to two thousand one. And then I think it was Claude. Never had a winning record. <laughs> oh, the first year he kind of did, but like they had ties. In the third year he kind of did, but again they had ties. So his he's not the answer. Was not great. I I don't think he should coach again. To be honest, like he he just keeps getting fired like pretty fast. His first year in Philadelphia was pretty good. He went forty one and twenty one. His yeah, first then- years typically in places. Like in, That's in, usually in how York, it happens with a new coach. In New York, he he was he had pretty good records. I think he was a pretty good coach in Vancouver. Like his teams haven't been bad, actually. Like if you actually look at his stats, he's got seven hundred fourteen wins and four hundred seventy nine losses. Like that's he just <clears throat> a great record. This guy's definitely going to be a, co- a coach again. Yes, eh. he hasn't been a yes. I'm just not sure. I don't know. Every time I've seen his style, it just doesn't seem right for the NHL anymore. It no longer seems like it's 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 the play. And I've always heard he's he's very bad with young players and stuff. So I'm considering most. Teams You've heard that young. from Eric. Yes. Have you heard that from anyone else? I don't know. <laughs> that's 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 my question to you right now, Martin. Because I've also heard the same thing, but I've only ever heard it from. I've heard, I've seen it on Twitter a couple times, but I've mainly heard it from Eric. I've also heard reports that he is quite an aggressive coach and does put people off. Like, I doesn't connect me and him like hate each other. Isn't that part of the issue right yeah. now? Yeah. Well, like, he doesn't know an couple players and him hate each other like wasn't that part of their problem in philly like and i'm pretty sure i remember hearing in new york like players certain players had problems with them i'm not remembering who and vancouver i'm not i'm can't remember what happened there i think they just start to suck that was around the time that they started to suck (laughs) so they switched up things um but yes i've heard i've heard multiple spots like he can have he can be a off-putting person on the play. Yes, I've heard that too. Um, yeah, I think that's it for today. I think we covered all the bases. No Eric today, so we actually split up the, the talking quite a bit. I actually felt a little bit more dialed in because Eric doesn't speak over any of us, or Eric wasn't speaking over any of us. So thank you everyone so much for tuning in to this week's episode. Uh, we'll see you next week. Ty's ready to go to bed. Yep. Thank you, everyone, for tuning into this week's episode. We love and appreciate each listener that sticks around to the end. With that comes reminders to leave a review, press follow on those streaming platforms, and make sure to head over to Instagram to follow Talking Hockey. We're on the road to 30K, and we can't wait to continue to build our audience. Luke, Eric, Ty, and Martin signing off. We'll see you all next week.